0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to Santana's Nerve Flow Podcast. I'm your host and the captain of this ship, Santana. Today we're doing a 80s retro look back and we're looking at 1987's Masters of the Universe. So if you're not sure who the Masters of the Universe is or are, we're talking about He-Man and his crew. We're talking about originally coming from the toy line, which led to the cartoon, which led to multiple multiple cartoon movies which eventually led to like I said this 1987 classic Masters of the Universe starring in I guess he's supposed to be the lead role <laughs> He-Man's is Dolph Lundgren even though he was barely in half the movie but we also have starring Skeletor and he's played by Frank Lan- Frank, uh, Frank Langella and we also have his uh, evil sidekick Evil Lynn played by Meg Foster. And then we also have in the movie uh, Courtney Cox. She plays Julie Winston. We have um, Robert Duncan McNeil playing Kevin Corrigan, Julie's boyfriend. We also have Chelsea Field playing, I believe she's Tila. She's Man at Arms' uh, daughter. Even though in the cartoon I think she was his foster daughter. We also have uh, John Cypher, like I said, playing Man at Arms. We have uh, Billy Barty playing Gwildor we have uh, a classic from most almost all the 80s classic movies we got James Tolkien playing uh, was detective Lubin I think his name was so the movie was directed by Gary Goddard and this was I believe his first uh, movie that he directed and also the very last movie that he directed because <laughs> let's see the movie had a budget of 22 million and that was split between um uh, let's see Hasbro and Canon Hasbro is like the toy line Hasbro and Canon was a old uh movie production company that, that did quite a few of the classic 70s and 80s movies um i don't believe they're still around i believe <laughs> they they they've been uh long gone for for quite a bit they like said Gary Goddard this is his first and last movie i believe he did like uh what was it uh like a conan um conan ride at, i think it was universal studios uh conan the barbarian ride and i guess that's what got him the role or got him the chance to direct this movie uh being able to put like the sword and sandals story type stuff like that all together but i uh, <laughs> guess it wasn't good enough like i said this was his first and his last film that he directed all right so let's get right into it so the the movie opens up in Eternia and we have, I believe it's He-Man and he's, uh, he's like, scoping around Castle Grayskull and he's, I guess he's trying to sneak in there. They didn't really give a reason for why he was trying to get in there, but we have also Skeletor. He's the, he's the evil leader and he's like projecting out his body in some kind of like hologram type thing across the planet, letting everyone know that he has captured the uh, sorceress from, from Grayskull, and he's gonna like siphon her power and become the new leader of, of Eternia. So I guess that that I guess that's probably why He Man's trying to sneak in there. So He He Man gets jumped by by Skeletor's troops. They're like I don't know. They're like robotic stormtroopers type. It's <laughs> I guess is the the classic classic 80s you have to have like non-human enemy armies the other yeah, stormtroopers clone troopers stuff like that where the hero can kill them without actually killing people they did the same thing for like the ninja turtles cartoon stuff like that like I said he-man gets into a scruffle with with uh like a battalion of these robot stormtroopers type type people but then he um he gets helped by a uh, man-at-arms and his daughter Tila, and they they team up and they plan to sneak into the castle Grayskull to go save the sorceress. So, but they also bump into Gweldor, and he's a new character for the movie. He wasn't in any of the cartoons. He wasn't. Uh, he wasn't one of the action figures from the toy line. He's like a uh, like a little dwarf. Uh, like I guess he's the he's the keymaker, keymaster, and he he makes the the cosmic key. I think is what it was that can teleport people to any place in. in time in the galaxy It's a, that's basically the, the MacGuffin of, of the story so they, they meet up with him, they free him from being captured because he was being brought back to the castle, so they sneak into Castle Grayskull, they try to save the sorceress, but she's locked inside like a force field type cage and they can't get her out then um, Skeletor shows up with his troops, he tries to capture He-Man and the band, but Guldo is able to unlock the key and they, they get shipped off into another galaxy and where do you guess they land in earth of course because they can't spend the whole movie in, in eternity that, that would cost too much money <laughs> and too much production so let's just spend some time in like a suburban town that no one knows of <laughs> so they like I said they land in Earth but the key's missing so they, they decide to split up to go find the key and then let's see we have like I said they're on Earth we have Julie Winston like I said played by Courtney Cox and her boyfriend uh, Kevin and he's played by Robert Duncan McNeil so they're like like uh, they like breaking up because Julie's uh, moving away uh, for college. I think it was college or just moving out of town because her parents had recently passed from a, like a plane accident. Her dad was a pilot, some kind of plane malfunction and the plane went down. So she lost her parents. So she's just trying to get out of town. So this is like their last uh, last date together, last night together. And they find the the key, the Like the cosmic key and it kind of looks like a gun slash keyboard slash lamp, some kind of weird, weird 80s device there. (laughs) So they find it and they just think it, they think it's like an instrument. They think it's like a keyboard. Um, I think Kevin even says, Oh, this this is one of those Japanese synthesizers. So if you don't know what it was in the 80s, it it just came from Japan. (laughs) So he says he's going to take it to the music shop to, or actually, no, they, I think they take it to, they go to their school gym. And cause he's like in the, in the band of the gym. He plays the keyboard. so so he he starts he starts jamming out with this cosmic key so he says he wants to take it to the music shop to get looked at to see um what exactly it really is because it has like lights coming out of it but what they don't know it's kind of like a like a homing beacon so Skeletor can send his troops to to, to the device kind of like a GPS homing beacon type thing like so I said Kevin he takes the the cosmic key goes to the music shop and he leaves Julie in the in the gym he says he'll be back in 15 minutes and that's when Skeletor's troops show up and they're um uh, they <laughs> damn near <laughs> burn burned the gym down. I think I think uh if I remember correctly that the fire in the gym actually got kinda out of control. It actually almost really did burn down the, the school's gym, but they were able to stop it before it got too bad. So like I said, th- they're they're coming in after Julie and there's I believe he sent who was it? Uh uh Beastman, the Beast guy. I think it's Beastman. And then there was uh uh, what was the other guys uh swords something like that i forget his name they changed the names from the cartoon oh blade yeah it was blade general blade we had kark we had sarah and yeah we had beastman so those are the troops going to go get uh the the cosmic key um but it's not there they just find julie so they try to kill her but she's able to like sneak through the gym get out of there she eventually bumps into he-man and he He-Man, <laughs> he-man throws down he starts whooping these fools out and because they have like a battalion with them too so he's able to defeat most of them he's able to stop them and he he saves Julie and Julie eventually tells him that that Kevin has the key the cosmic key so they got to go meet up with Kevin they said he went to the music shop but they got to go get Kevin and the key He-Man says Kevin's in danger because Skeletor would just keep sending sending troops to to get the key and speaking of Skeletor he's probably like the <laughs> the best character in the movie Um, he was like I said he was portrayed Played and played by Franklin langella um a, a great actor he's done quite quite a lot of movies um he he's hamming it up in the movie but at least he he's he's trying <laughs> he's all in uh i believe he said he did the movie for his kids because his kids were a big fan of the cartoon and the toy line and he said i believe in interviews he's also said that it's probably one of his favorite movies that he's done um i don't know he's just being nice or he generally feels that way because when you watch it he, he really it looks like he's having fun he, he's hamming it up he he's in a full uh full skull uh, skull mask so he he's he's all in he's 100 <laughs> um and then if you compare it to he-man who's barely in 50% of the movie but well, you gotta you gotta remember this was Dolph Lundgren's uh second movie after his first movie uh Rocky Rocky Four. so he and he hadn't really uh acted that much in the movie he was he was the he didn't really speak too much. He didn't, it wasn't really a talking role. <laughs> it was a physical role. Um, but just like He Man 2 is more of a physical role, but he does have a few, a uh, few lines that, <laughs> that just sound off with his accent. But he, he, he did what he could do. It was his second movie. He was capitalizing on, on Rocky Four and, and started his, his movie career. And he, he had a pretty good, he had, he's had a pretty good movie career. Like I said, um, let's see. We have, Skeletor is looking for the Cosmic Key. He keeps sending the troops back. There's a couple there's a couple pretty good like uh fight scenes in the movie. The um the battle in the street at night with the with Skeletor's troops, they're like on like hoverboards and stuff. They have like hovering tanks and whatnot. Cuz this time he sent like a huge legion including his second in command Evil Lynn. Um I mean that fight was pretty cool. He-Man was able to uh, steal a hoverboard for himself and fly around and and fight people um it, it, it kind of ripped off star wars return of the jedi a little bit when um luke and leia are on the on the speeders and it's it's very similar to that where he-man's on like a hoverboard flying around attacking attacking the bad guy troops and they're attacking him i mean but i guess it's the 80s all the movies are similar like that like i said there was a couple good fights and then eventually he-man and his crew um well he-man gets captured because they capture julie and he-man he turns himself in so so they wouldn't kill julian and his team so he man gets brought back to castle grayskull he gets put in chains and they start started whipping him with like a laser whip <laughs> it, it was a strange scene because like the second in command evil she, she's loving it she's smiling but skeletor he's kind of like cowering behind his staff like it was it was, a str- it was very strange <laughs> and they just get whipping him with a laser whip but eventually he man's team's able to make get back to to Eternia and sneak into Castle Grayskull, they're able to. They weren't able to unlock him in, but uh, they were able to sneak in. Just as Skeletor's like siphoning the very last bit of power from the sorceress, and he's becoming like Super Skeletor, and he starts uh, his body starts glowing in in like orange, yellow effects, and there's like orange lightning bolts going around him. Um, the I mean the the effects are what they are. This is 1987. <laughs> It's uh, I mean, it's it's not Star Wars, but it's the '80s, so nothing you can really do. I mean, it looks pretty good in in Blu-ray, to tell you the truth. But I mean, like I said, it's 1987. It's it's, it's not a movie from right now. You're not watching Dune or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like i said he he's he goes into his super form um and then he shoots down some lightning to to kill he-man but he-man throws the the chain in front and he's able to free himself and then they start they start duking it out he-man versus versus super skeletor so eventually he-man is able to get his, his sword his sword of power he pulls it out and he he yells out the classic i have the power and then they start duking it out him and Skeletor um eventually he's able to defeat Skeletor he he breaks his staff with the sword and Skeletor's superpowers get drained away go back into the sorceress and He-Man's able to like I said once again like uh, very very uh, similar to Star Wars He-Man's able to toss Skeletor off of a balcony into some kind of abyss Type thing where he uh, he doesn't explode; he falls into like some kind of lava acid crap. <laughs> but uh, even at, even with that, at the very end, like towards the credits, uh, Skeletor pops up and he says, "I'll be back." <laughs> but we he never came back. We never had the sequel. We never had part two. So, like I said, he is able to save the day. Uh, they're able to send Julie and Kevin back uh, to to their world. But uh, Wildor is able to send them back um, earlier in time to the morning. Of when Julie's parents die, so Julie's able to stop them from flying off. She grabs the plane keys and the maps and doesn't let them leave, so preventing their death. Um, and that's that's pretty much it. Like I said, it had the very last scene with uh, Skeletor popping out of the water saying, "I'll be back," and that's that's the end of, <laughs> end of the movie. Um, it's it's one of those '80s classics. Not not classic as in you need to watch it. It's just one of those '80s style '80s style classic movies. That um, they didn't really make too much money in the box office but like on home home video man it blew up man this is what the kids were watching i remember i watched it quite a bit when it when it, it was on tv if you're not too fu- uh, if you're not too familiar with the cartoon or the toy line i mean if you watch this movie for the first time you're going to be kind of confused of what's going on especially because it doesn't really give he-man a backstory it doesn't really give the troops a backstory it just throws you right right into the middle of a, of a ongoing war and battle that's going on between He-Man and Skeletor. Um, like I said in what they used to always do in the movies in the 80s like that if, if you're from, a, if they're filming in another world, another universe some way, somehow they'll be teleported to Earth <laughs> to save our <arm> production <laughs> so that's why most of the movie is in some random suburban town in, in the middle of the United States <laughs> And you, I mean, I wish they would have made a sequel. I wish this movie made money where they could have made a part 2 and spend time in Eternia. because Eternia is pretty cool. It's it's like a different world, different universe, has different locations, but even in the movie they only spend uh time in one area in Castle Grayskull. Uh <laughs> I mean but even Castle Grayskull looked pretty cool but um yeah like I said it's if, if you weren't really a fan of the cartoon this movie might not do it for you unless you watched it when you were younger when you were a kid it, it it might bring the nostalgic feelings back when you watch it, but if you're watching it for the first time as an adult, it, it might not do nothing for you. It might not do much for you, especially with that with that acting, especially by Dolph Lundgren. Like I said, it's a second film, but um, I mean Frank Langella, he, he's hammering it up, he's stealing the stealing the show, stealing the movie. Um, I mean, there's pretty good effects for for 1987, um, laser guns and sword fights and ships and hoverboards and hovercrafts um i mean the production value for what they were able to pull off with a a very small budget is is pretty good i'm not gonna lie um let's see like i said it only cost 22 million and it only made about 17 million and this was one of the the final nails in the coffins for canon movie production um i think they were doing this and superman 4 at the same time and both movies bombed But, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good throwback, a good throwback 80s, fun movie. If you don't really mind not really getting any backstory on, on most of the characters. Um, and they change if, I mean, if you haven't seen the cartoons, you, you wouldn't really know that they change like the background on some of the characters. But, uh, like I said, it's, it's a good 1987 movie is, it's a good, it's a good action adventure movie. If you have some time to spare, a good... I mean, it's not too long. It's about an hour and a half long. But you can get through it pretty pretty quickly. Uh, I mean, you, you, you should always give it a shot if you haven't seen it. I mean, I always say give every movie at least one playthrough, one shot. Uh, you never know. It, it, it might it might be something that, that you enjoy. But uh, like I said, it's 1987's Masters of the Universe. If I were to give it a rating, just our nostalgic fact alone, like out of 10 10 I'm mean, give a, a a good 5 out of 10 I mean it's it's like a 50-50 movie I guess <laughs> it's 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 50 50 chance that you'll like or you'll hate it not hate it you'll like it or you'll just dismiss it but like i said if you haven't seen it i would say give it a good shot especially if you want to watch one one of those old old classic 80s movies 80s action adventure type movies sci-fi movies if um you've seen star wars way too many times you want something that's kind of similar um, i believe in the commercial if i, I remember because i looked back at the commercial it, it ended with this is the i think the last line was they said this is the star wars of the 80s (laughs) not quite but at least they tried well it looks like the ship has returned to the dock and that's the end of this 80s retro look back and ladies and gentlemen guys and gals thank you for listening and enjoying and i'll catch you on the next one have a good one